I always tell my kids anytime we're, you know, if it's, you know, relates to schoolwork or relates to sports, I always say, what do we do better? We're going to outwork everybody. No matter what, we're going to outwork everybody. So even if we don't end up doing the best thing we can, we're going to outwork everybody. Welcome to the Sask Entrepreneurs Podcast. Each week, we bring you an interview featuring an entrepreneur or business leader in the Saskatchewan province. We dive into their journey, lessons learned, and views on the outlook of the Saskatchewan business market. This episode is brought to you by TwoWeb. Growing your business online is overwhelming. At TwoWeb, we make it simple. Our agency has helped over 700 businesses and nonprofit organizations grow through digital marketing. Learn more and reach out to us at TwoWeb.ca. Welcome to the Sask Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today's episode, we have a very exciting guest, Jay Sullivan, who is the president and CEO of HBI and has been part of that organization for more than 20 years. Jay started his HBI journey in the warehouse and worked his way through the company all the way to the top. He became the primary owner of HBI in 2018 and understands every aspect of HBI and the office solutions industry. Jay has revolutionized HBI and grown the company into the successful business it is today. He is a thoughtful leader and promotes positive culture and work environments that staff are proud to be part of. Jay, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. So Jay, tell us a little bit about your background and also what HBI stands for. About my background is, uh, so I've been in this business or this company for 22 years now. Uh, I actually started here as a warehouse driver, delivery delivery driver, warehouse employee. At that point, I was kind of in between jobs. I was a 20-year-old kid looking for something to do. It was kind of a summer job I was going to jump into. And uh, from there, this company was expanding and going places. So I, I worked to stay on here and got a job in sales. And my first five years just kind of grew my sales business. From there, in uh, 2008, I became uh, VP of sales. also became a business partner at that time. And then from there, just kind of worked my way up. You know, 2018, I became the majority shareholder. I'd, I guess over the last five years, then I had bought out three uh, different partners, and, and now I am here today as president and CEO. So it's been a uh, it's been a crazy run and uh, completely unexpected when I would have started here 22 years ago. So, so let's get into your backstory here. I mean, you know, obviously you started off about 20 22 years ago, and you took over the company over time. So tell us a little bit about that transition. How did that happen? 2008, we were part of a company that was uh, called Brennan Supply. That time, Brennan was, you know, really originated, I think, started about 1969, and they were really just an education company. They were education supplies, uh, education furniture. From there, we grew. We started into the furniture business, started into the commercial stationery. But in 2008, uh, Brennan Supply uh, went bankrupt, you know, in the trying year or two years before that. And, you know, it's a crazy story. We we show up to work and the, the chains are on the doors. The bank's got us locked out. We cut the lock basically and let the staff back in and said, just give us today, get to work and keep on going. And nobody really needs to know what's going on. And, uh, you know, by the end of that day, there was myself and uh, I think it was four others and a company out of Calgary named uh, Heritage Business Interiors. And uh, we all partnered together to take the company out of bankruptcy and kind of grow it from there. So experience is crazy. The risk was crazy. You know, I had, I had friends, I had family. I can't believe you're investing in a company that just went bankrupt. Like, what do you, what do you see in this? You know, my wife had no hesitation. I said, I'm going to do it. And she's like, do it. I believe in you. You know, at that time I had a confidence. I was young. I was probably overconfident, but 
I believed I could do it. I believed I could step up and really make it happen and, and change the company. I, I saw the opportunity and, and we went after it. So, and it's been great. I think at that time we were probably a six to $8 million company. And nowadays we push, you know, 23, $24 million. So. Wow. As an entrepreneur, you have to be overconfident because you have to see the vision that nobody else can see. And it's great that you got your wife's support there and took this move. So taking over a business that has just gone bankrupt must be quite an overwhelming process. And obviously rebuilding the team, rebuilding the brand, rebuilding the company to a level that it is today. Tell us about the journey. So I think if I go right back to that and that, that next day, the second day after it, and we just got going. So, you know, we kind of had to rehire all the employees under a new company. And at that time, I think we made 28 different offers to employees. Our 28 employees stayed on with us. To this day, probably the best part of that is 23 are still with us. Well, you know, we've lost some over, you know, retirement and nobody's really left of that group, that core group. You know, it was just retirement or just different ways of moving on in their life, in their career. And uh, that helped. But I mean, when you get into those first couple of years, the, the staff is timid. They're always in the back of their head. They're worried, you know, is, are we in trouble? Is there's issues? Is we have money or, you know, I'd have instances where you'd pull the purchasing team in and you're like, you're good, relax spend by and they're like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, there's no hesitancy here anymore. There's no issues. And, and really it's, it's gaining their confidence, right? Really allowing them to have the confidence in the company, take control and, uh, you know, lead their areas. Right. And that's been crucial to us. I, I think when I tell that story out of the 28, I still have 23. I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing that those people stuck with me that long. And I think the biggest part of this company, you know, no different than myself working my way up, Majority of my staff, and, you know, if I look at pretty much anybody in a leadership role right now, they have come from the bottom or come from a different job. May have started as a receptionist. Now they're part of our lead, you know, design specification team. I uh, may have started in the warehouse. Now you're our, one of our top purchasers. So there's so many of those great stories here. And I think, I think when you hire people, they see that and they want to be a part of it. And they, they see that there is an opportunity long term. So, I mean, you're a big advocate of company, of corporate culture. The fact that you have such a high retention for your employees is just amazing. I mean, many companies, they really struggle with that. So what's the secret sauce? Yeah, thank you. You know, when I actually really took over in 2018 as majority shareholder and we still have one partner, Carlene Watson, my CFO, you know, and her and I sat down and you have to believe in the people. And I honestly believe for a lot of years, I don't even know why I, how I stuck sometimes. I mean, it wasn't always great. It wasn't, there's a lot of stress and, uh, we we had to change it. And I, I started with simple things like we always have fresh fruit in the kitchen. You know, you always have granola bars, just those little things where, you know, if you, you need a break, you can go off and do that. It's creating the culture of, we've been promised a renovation, I think in 2018 for about five, six years. And every year it got canceled, every year it got canceled. So when I gave my opening remarks to the company, I said, the renovation starts today and we're going to go through it. And Shortly thereafter, COVID hits, but it allowed me to keep my staff working and they helped tear down some walls and do some of the, the tear down and allow us to get ready for that reno. And we did a substantial reno. I mean, we, we had a gorgeous showroom, Regina, that's almost 10,000 square feet. We redid the hardwoods. We painted all brand new furniture. Um, we had, you know, Hayworth enclosed modular glass walls everywhere. So we just made it a gorgeous place. We expanded the kitchen, the seat you know, to probably seat 30 people and uh, just give people different outlets, different areas where they can go sit down and, you know, if they need a quiet space, they can go get a quiet space. But 
they're all in team environments where they can work together and just really create that, you know, bring them together, give them that opportunity that this is theirs and, you know, empower them through great space and great opportunities. So I think some of it too, like I got to think it's like a seven phase plan right now and probably halfway through it, I got to, you know, I got a gorgeous kitchen planned hopefully for this year. And then, uh, you know, we got a long-term plan of, uh, of bringing, uh, maybe not that long, but hopefully maybe by the end of the year, we're going to bring in a full gym in kind of the back corner and just, it's never easy. Life's not easy and people got stress and sometimes, you know, even in office supplies, things get tense around the office and you might need to walk into the gym and go run on the treadmill for 20 minutes. But I think just doing some of these different things is going to give people different access to work differently. And it's not always about just being, you start at eight, you go home at five, you get an hour for lunch. It's about, you know, I might come in early because I'm going to hit the gym or I'm going to work early so I can hit the gym at 10 o'clock or whatever, right? You know, it's a lot of stuff, a lot of ideas I still got, so... That's great. It's great to have a, a strong vision for the company and especially one that brings employees and, and staff together. So, so what kind of customers do you serve? Everybody. <laughs> That's the, uh, the best part about office supplies or office furniture is pretty much every business out there needs paper, pens, toner, or you need a desk to work on, or you need a boardroom table, or you need a chair to sit in. So the coolest thing about us is, is we're really involved in every industry within Saskatchewan and we can help out everybody, right? Right from your home office to, uh, you know, your mid-market business, right up to your government and your crowns. I mean, we're engaged and we're able to help out, you know, anybody in Saskatchewan. And what do you love about doing business in Saskatchewan? For us, I think it's almost old fashioned, right? With Saskatchewan, you can still have a relationship. I think for us, you know, if I look at some of my, you know, similar businesses and other markets and bigger centers, you know, they don't do their business the same. They're not out and about meeting people and talking to people. And for me, that's critical, you know, and I push my sales team to do it. And even my delivery drivers, my warehouse guys, you guys want, you want people that want to talk to people and build relationship. And I think Saskatchewan still has that, you know, it's still got that almost that small town feel to it. You know, we're a big center, we're growing and we're growing fast and this province is doing great things, but right. We're still, relationship's still key. It's not all just based on lowest price or it's based on a great company that's going to provide a great service. I mean, obviously, the industry that you're in is a very competitive industry. And, you know, you have some big players like Staples and, you know, that are, that are really taking a good chunk of the market share. So what is the unique value proposition that separates HBI from its competitors? If you, if you think about it, you know, if you, if you talk to the Staples, I mean, they're a huge conglomerate all over the world. With HBI, we know Saskatchewan. And we make the joke sometimes that it's a million people in a million square miles. Is that a complete exaggeration? Yeah. But I mean, it really tells the story that if you look at Saskatchewan, I mean, between our two big centers, there's maybe 600,000 people. You know, in rural Saskatchewan, there's another 600,000 people. How can you support all those people? What can you do differently, right? And for us, you know, we all compete at the price. I mean, our price is the price. It's all around the same. Who can provide that pop-in service and really treat the client right? And I think. That's probably one of the biggest things we do. And, you know, for us to even, what we've really done the last three, four years is, is take centers like Prince Albert or Swift Current, where we used to have our own delivery teams, I mean, Yorkton. Now we take these centers, we actually partner with local careers, local delivery companies that are also locally Saskatchewan owned and work with them to help us do that, you know, that last stage of our delivery. And I think if you're providing, you know, for a company like us to provide this support into these smaller communities, and provide, you know, this dollar value, this spend, and uh, really support these businesses, it's critical. You know, you can't just, for us, you can't just focus on 
Regina and Saskatoon, you got to be able to focus on this whole province and how do you get stuff out to rural Saskatchewan delivery is, it's tough. It's a real challenge, but I think we do it better, better than most. And we really, really understand our province. So since you've come on board uh, in 2008, 2008 was the year that you took over the company uh, along with some partners. And then 2018 is when you became the, uh, the majority shareholder. So over the years, you've had some challenges in growing the business. What were some of those biggest challenges that you faced? You know, I think sometimes in our industry, people don't always, you know, who is HBI or previous that, who was Brennan? You may have known them, you know, if you were in facilities and you bought furniture, you dealt with companies like ours, you knew who, who we were. If you're the office manager or someone like that that buys stationery, you knew who you were. The majority of people didn't really know who HBI was, right? So I think the toughest thing for us has always been is really building that brand. So it's not just those people that deal with us, but really building that brand. You know, in Regina, we've done a great job. Um, I think our weakness right now is Saskatoon. And, you know, we're really pushing hard to really establish that brand in Saskatoon and uh, work with a lot of companies. And we've partnered with the Blades. We've partnered with the Rush. um, Have a great partnership. You know, it started in Saskatoon with Saskabilities. Just doing some different things to really try and drive our brand home and and really support our community, but help them get our name out there so people really know who we are. Like over the past couple of years, due to COVID, many businesses have been impacted. So I know this is a big challenge that many businesses are facing. How has that impacted HBI? You know, it's good and bad. If I, you know, if I start from the beginning, I mean, it wasn't easy that first first month we let, you know, I think I laid off 30 people, but within three weeks, I had everybody back. We took some pretty enormous risks that first year. I, uh, I partnered with some companies. I brought in some masks. I think at one point I was one of the only companies in Saskatchewan that, that brought in masks. And I believe we sold probably you know, over 4 million masks. I was able to actually partner with another local company out of Brownlee, Saskatchewan called Smooth42. Kind of got in a good agreement with them. And we, we supplied their hand sanitizer throughout the province. And that was at times when there was no hand sanitizer available. So it was a good part of it. We were able to really grab some items when there was absolutely no business. Like there was zero sales, there was zero office supplies, zero furniture, and really keep the company going, keep the, keep the staff going. I think probably one of the best things that came out of it is the ability to hire great people. There were so many great people that were let go from other jobs and I didn't stop. You know, I kind of looked at it different that we're going to get through this eventually and uh, let's take advantage of it and probably hired, you know, five to 10 unbelievable people. And I'm sure my payroll popped up a bit, but when you get such good, talented people, it just, they help grow your business and it's, it really helps you get that success. You add that to the internal, the great internal people I already had, it just takes us to another level. I'd probably go down to the downside of this now. It's been, you know, the first year, which is crazy. I survived it and did so well and we had so much success. And, but the longer this goes on, this last year has really been it's been a struggle, right? I mean, right from the fact that if I look at it now, I got, seems you got 10 people gone every day with COVID or close contact or symptoms and, and it's tough. So, you know, the ability to work from home has been great for us, but you know, now it's the transportation or you can't get product or what a standard lead time was, you know, on furniture was four to six weeks has now become 10 to 25 weeks. So it really changes that outcome. And, you know, and then all of a sudden you get product in, but you get say half or three quarters of the product in. So you're like, well, do we start the job and hope it shows up? What's that next phase, right? How do you get through it? And, you know, so this year has been tough. I find right now towards 
hopefully this is getting towards maybe the end of it or closer to that period. But it's tough finding staff right now. There's not, you put some job ads out there and there's just not a lot of applicants. And it's just been tough. This last, honestly, this last, you know, three months has probably been three of the tougher months we've had. And just emotionally, it's been tough on me. It's been the stress and trying to keep calm and not get too stressed out and, and still trying to lead, but trying to find a way through it, right? You got your eyes, you know, looking towards the future and continue to go, but we got to survive now too. So, well, there is light at the end of the tunnel. And I love the resilience that you actually had when, you know, obviously COVID hit and you looked at some opportunities that were able to essentially thrive, make the business thrive over the period of the initial phase. But yes, I mean, the longer this goes on, it does become quite challenging for a lot of businesses. I mean, we, it's tough to say what's going to happen in the near future because of the fact that you know, now we have uh, another variant that is in the environment and it's going to, it's creating havoc. So it's, it's a, it's a challenge for many businesses. And I would imagine that because you also deal with a lot of businesses and organizations, those customers are also not coming uh, to back to you to reorder their supplies. Yeah, absolutely. That's the, that's the next part of this part I forgot to mention, but there's so many staff, you know, at these other companies that are, that are working from home or they're working on a part-time schedule and you know some of them have a have a come back to work plan and some of them have come back already and now this new variant spreads and now they're going back home right so that's really slowed down the uh the stationary part of the business the office supplies just not as much being used when when more people are at home and uh you know on the furniture side it's the furniture side's still been strong but if i look back to last year it was I think a lot of people are afraid. They're afraid to make that purchase and, and spend, you know, buy new furniture for their staff because they, they don't know what's going to happen. They don't know long-term, is this the right move? Am I buying this? And then we're never going to come back to the office, right? So there was a lot of hesitation there for, for probably five or six months. I think if I look back last year from April to August, there was so much hesitation amongst businesses and absolutely understood. But now it's getting to that point and everybody wants to do it and now we can't get anything. Then you worry right now with the new trucking situation in Canada and the truck is without vaccinations trying to come across the border. And how much more is that going to affect transportation and product coming you know, to businesses in Canada, Saskatchewan? So. so true. And I know it's tough, but where do you see your business going in the next decade? You know, I'm excited. I'm, uh, I'm extremely aggressive. I'm not extremely aggressive. My goals are extremely aggressive. I talk to my, my company about them all the time. Uh, there's no reason I don't see in the next uh, 10 years we can't really grow this business. And for us, it's really just continue to get stronger in, in the Saskatoon market. And I think it's going to allow us, you know, not maybe not quite double this business, but we should be able to become a $40 million business and uh, be able to add on another, you know, I don't know how many employees that, that adds up to, but, you know, another 30, 40 employees and continue to go. We're going to be a great Saskatchewan success story, I think. And, and I got a great team that's really leading that push and wants to get there. So I think it's kind of funny sometimes because when I go to my management meetings, I think there's times they want it as much as I do or they want it more than I do. They want to expand. They want to grow. They want to, they want to conquer Saskatchewan. And then, you know, what's next after that? And that's exciting to have people on your team that really maybe have the same vision as, as I do. And they want to, you know, want to accomplish some of those, those great goals. So. So it's exciting. I see, you know, I see a bright future. I mean, the path we were on prior to the pandemic was amazing and the growth and the, it was unbelievable how great it was going. And, 
you know, we took the opportunity to invest in, uh, you know, NetSuite by Oracle, which to us, you know, it was a huge investment, you know, for, you know, a mid-market Saskatchewan company to spend, you know, what we spent on, on our ERP and new website, but it's a risk we had to take. You know, I didn't really see it as a risk. It's, it was an opportunity and we jumped on it right off the bat and it's been really good for us. And I think HBI is on the leading edge of technology in this industry. There's not a lot of companies that we're dealing with that have the same level of technology that we had. And honestly, it was due. We needed a change. We needed to take that step. And our old system was pretty outdated. And it's exciting to keep it going. And you know, we're, we're barely scratching the surface of what the system can do and how much more it can do for us. That's great. I mean, and, and let's talk about that a little bit, because I think a lot of companies, you know, when they face challenges, sometimes they tend to shut down and they tend to hold back. But you, you know, you've really, you're really the kind of forward thinking company that is invested in technology, that has invested in the vision that you have. So how has that helped lead the company forward? Well, you know what, I think if you, if you look when this pandemic hit and everything went online and uh, there were so many companies that were just scrambling last second to get there. I was pretty excited I made that decision before that. So, you know, as that pandemic hit, we were going live and we were launching it. And it maybe helped out that we were a little slower so we could jump on it and really learn it to get it going. But it just does so much for us. The ability our, our website gives us, you know, the reports we can now run, it's just superior to what we had. And it's going to, you know, really help us grow as a company. And uh, it can handle everything we can do and it can handle everything we can throw at it and keep on going. So, Great. So it definitely helped in terms of scalability. In terms of making sure that the uh, operations are a little bit more streamlined and you're up to date in terms of, uh, you know, serving, servicing your customers. Absolutely. So Jay, on more of a personal note, if you were to go back, let's say 10 years, what advice would you give to your younger self? You know what? I would probably say just remain confident, be strong, you know, and, and just keep going forward, right? The plan you have is there and keep being aggressive and don't be afraid to take risks. And I mean, that's really who I am. It's funny because I, I always tell my kids anytime we're, you know, if it's, you know, relates to schoolwork or relates to sports, I always say, what do we do better? We're going to outwork everybody. No matter what, we're going to outwork everybody. So even if we don't end up doing the best thing we can, we're going to outwork everybody, right? And that's always what I've said. And it's just, you know, continue to move forward, be confident, be aggressive and take those risks. I mean, nothing gets accomplished without risks. And you look at a lot of, uh, you know, extremely successful businessmen. There is a lot that have been bankrupted of had 10, 20, $30 million companies, $100 million companies, and they've lost it all. But three, four, five years later, they build it all back up, right? Because they're not afraid to take that risk. And it's, you know, I think that's one of the biggest things. I have a lot of people that I'm pretty sure look at me and shake their head when they, you know, I tell them the next step I've done or, you know, HBI has now bought our fourth building and, but we need the space. So why don't we buy that building and continue to grow and be an entrepreneur and really have different avenues to protect you? So probably be my, my best answer on that. And then based on your experience and the challenges that you've overcome, if there was one big takeaway that you could give to our listeners, what would that be? You know what? And I, I made a comment on it. There's times where I don't know if I've ever, how I stayed sometimes, right? And how I, you know, I've had some great offers or how I continued to fight through and, and was able to climb this ladder, right? But I think a lot of it is I committed to this company. I committed to to my sales job originally. And I had friends that said, why are you doing this? You're, you know, it's not there. Or you're going bankrupt or whatever. Why are you taking these risks? And it's, I think at the end of the day, you got to commit to it. You got to commit to it. You got to be loyal. And if you put in that time and you work hard, the opportunity is going to come your way. Who knows what opportunity that's going to be, whether it's the opportunity I had to buy the company, but there's going to be an opportunity for you and people notice it. 
when you're doing well and you continue to work hard and continue to stay loyal to the company, people notice that. I've had multiple offers in the past for other careers, but I couldn't leave. You know, I had a great career here and I was pretty proud because I built it too, right? So it's when I started with my sales, I had zero sales to start with and you grow it. And, you know, I think you're just proud. You don't want to leave it, right? So you commit to it and continue to make it better. So, you know, and you work with work with so many great people and you, you know, even your clients, you meet so many great people and so many great relationships that it, that it just evolves over time. So, an opportunity comes to those who are prepared. And I think it's a matter of keeping that mindset, that positive mindset that uh, sometimes, you know, as an entrepreneur, it's tough because, you know, you face so many dips in your business and, uh, you know, things change, times change, economy changes, and you have to kind of stick to your vision and basically make sure that you go work at it. So. Absolutely. I mean, that's, it's so true. I mean, I look at, you know, my wife and I, we bought our first house when I was, I think, 24. And when I made that investment, it was something just almost took over me. I was so excited. And it's like, hey, well, how can I make money on this? Right. And I sold it within the year and made $20,000. But over that time, I, my wife and I, we, uh, you know, what really helped us to get started is we flipped, you know, I was still working at HBI, but we flipped 12 houses on the side. Right. And we would do, you know, 70% of the work and it, it was exhausting times, but that's what gave me that go ahead. And I don't know, something took me over, man. I was excited. I love, I love property and the opportunity to do some renos and I'm not great at them. I pass that on to somebody else now, but, <laughs> but no, it's a cool opportunity. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you recently purchased a property here in Saskatoon as well. I did. I actually have, uh, we have two properties there. So actually neighboring units up on, on Marquise. One is got majority of our warehouse. Actually, one is all full warehouse. The other one's got about a 6,000 square foot space, but about 50-50 uh, office space and warehouse. We just needed to add more, more office space because we were running out. We bought the second office space or the second space for warehouse. So it's good. It's been exciting. And uh, the craziest thing is I bought two buildings over COVID, but, you know, which who knows, most people probably wouldn't have done, but I, I saw that opportunity and we had to have them for us to grow and move forward. We needed the space, so we took advantage of it, and we did it. It's been good so far and continue going, so. That's great. I'm sure it'll pay off because, you know, things will rebound. Things will get better soon. You know, that's when you will have an upper hand. So, Jay, it's been such a pleasure to speak with you today, and thank you so much for sharing these insights. Where can people find out more about yourself and contact you online? Yeah, so you can, I mean, you can go to our website. Our website is uh, com. From there to it's uh, on a, we got our about us page and it really shows all my staff and there are quite a few of my staff anyways that are involved and gives you know talk with them and myself and then uh, you know you can buy off supplies off us reach out to us or get involved with us in any way on that that aspect maybe the other way too you know and I'm going to give you my phone number because you know our our company number is seven five seven five six seven eight and I believe one thing we do better is when you phone us somebody answers. You're always going to talk to somebody live and it's going to be somebody that's got the power to help you out and, and make a decision. So that's great. We'll definitely include the link to your profile as well as uh, the website and the phone number on this podcast as well. Jay, once again, thank you so much for coming onto the show today and uh, sharing these wonderful insights. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening. And we hope you found this episode useful. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star review. You can see more information and all of the resources mentioned in today's episode at saskentrepreneurs.com.
That's S-A-S-K, entrepreneurs.com. This episode is brought to you by TwoWeb. Growing your business online is overwhelming. At TwoWeb, we make it simple. Our agency has helped over 700 businesses and nonprofit organizations grow through digital marketing. Learn more and reach out to us at TwoWeb.ca.